Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we go into part two of managing expectations with your partner, and we address a little more complex content than the first episode, where we talk about intimacy a little bit, and romance, and conflict, and what are you and your partner's expectations around those more difficult topics. So stay tuned. I know you and your partner are going to get something amazing out of this. Hello, all. Welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is Ichi Kerwin. Part two, managing expectations in our relationship. It's a good one. Yeah. So we began last episode with the first third of the managing expectations from our in-office and at-home programs. And it was just a great you know, beginning exploration of what are some unhealthy expectations within relationship and how can we have a really thoughtful discussion with our partner about that? Yeah, so the expectations, the unhealthy ones that we've identified, right, that we kind of go through, you know, we just see couples get, they stumble across them and and then they end up, you know, fighting or conflicted or feeling disconnected. So the more we can kind of go in with our partner and be curious around these expectations, realistic versus unrealistic, it's just going to give us a roadmap on how our relationship can feel connected and on the same page and not a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and if we have this discussion, we can get on the same page, you know, because we might think very similarly, we might be like way in different directions, or there might be just like small little clicks right. of getting on the same page around expectations that might make it just a lot easier to navigate difficult moments or or maybe even joyful moments. So let's jump right in, right? So we went through, in our part one, we went through five expectations. So now we're starting with the sixth one that we've identified can be problematic. And it is, if I must ask for something, it is not as meaningful. Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Because... Because I think there is an instinctual feeling that it is more meaningful if we don't have to ask for it. And we talked about that a little bit in the prior episode about how that our partner should almost be a mind reader, Mm -hmm. right? And so again, I think our head tells us, no, you know, it should be just as meaningful if my partner, you know, meets my expectations and I asked for it. But I think our heart and our belly sometimes tells us, no, no, it's not. Yeah, I... It's so interesting because I used to definitely feel this way. I, I would, I used to feel it's not as meaningful if I have to ask. Like I have to ask you for a hug, to ask you for a kiss, I have to ask you for patience or support. But over the years and all of the work we've done, I've realized that that's not true for me anymore because I it feels so good to just be able to say what I need because sometimes it's not about you neglecting me. It's about you being up in your own head has nothing to do with like deprioritizing me, but that's how it used to feel. And so that would get us into a lot of conflict. But now I'm like, oh, I I just started my girl thing today and I'm gonna be like super impatient and irritable. Like I just need extra love and support from you today. Feels really good to say, because I just remind you. And you forgetting doesn't mean that you love me less, but that's what it used to feel like. Yeah. Okay, so like give people a little bit of help there though around like, how do you get through that process a little bit? Like, uh, of like, I just started being like, okay, if I don't ask for what I need, I will resent EJ and I will not want to look at him and I will constantly be miserable. <laughs> Sorry, I just, 
especially after the kids were born. So I just got really good. Like, hey, I haven't had a date night with you in like a year. Can we have a date night? Or I would, you know, I need to go get my nails done. Just something so silly. Like, yeah. but I need this. And it I just started to ask. And then I realized, oh, actually, that doesn't feel so bad. And so, I mean, it's a process that I still work on all of the time. Yeah. So so just to restate that for our audience, the expectation is that it is more meaningful if I don't have to ask for it and they just do it. Yeah. Right? If I must ask for something, it is not as meaningful. It's not as meaningful. Have that conversation. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Next expectation we have identified. Okay. They're all really big. And again, you could go and have like a conversation for an hour on each of these expectations. But for couples that struggle with intimacy, this is an expectation that really can start to feel very hopeless and powerless. When there is less romance, that means we have less love for one another. Hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to do gender stereotyping here, but what I can say is that for a lot of male partners in a heterosexual relationship, that is very true. If we're not having as much sex or kissing or whatever, that means we don't love each other as much anymore. Like something else is happening. Yeah, this is this is when you have to like, when there's like the longevity of the relationship really comes into play is that there we have to have a tolerance for the ebb and flow of a lot of different types of connection. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like saying like that, like, hey, if we're not physically connected, then we're not connected. And I mean, my perspective in, in our relationship and definitely working with couples over the years is like, that that is an unhealthy expectation for me to have. Because, you know, we've just experienced it where we've been physically mm-hmm. disconnected and had to find a way to stay emotionally connected or it just wouldn't have worked. It's that idea of emotional safety and non-sexual affection. Like, because there could be a variety of reasons why there's less romance in a relationship. It could be sexual dysfunction. It could be kids. It could be you're super stressed out. It could be that you're struggling with mental illness. I mean, there's so many reasons why there's less romance, why couples struggle with less romance in their relationship, especially after they've been together for years. But if you can really find that place of emotional safety where you can talk about it and what that means for you, and how do you manage this transition because it looks different than it used to, that is where you find that bond of that non-sexual affection and emotional safety where you still have that love for one another, even though your physical relationship looks and feels different in that time, in that moment. Again, a lot of couples don't have this discussion and then intimacy becomes this like source of tension. We've just seen, we've seen a lot happen from this one. I mean, I think uh, you hit on something really important here is that like, it might be destructive to have the expectation that there's always a solid romantic connection, right? But it is probably healthy that there's an expectation that you continue to talk about it. 
Yes. That this isn't something we just ignore. And that goes like with any aspect of relationship, that there's there's an aspect of our relationship that we think it is important for us to work on throughout the entirety of our relationship. Then if it is getting disconnected, we acknowledge it and we have some sort of ongoing discussion about it. Okay, so again, that one was when there is less romance, that means we have less love for one another. If it feels okay, talk about this one with your partner and see where your expectations lay. Yeah. Okay, the next one, it's piggybacking a tiny bit sort of on this one, but my partner's interest in sex must be the same as mine. (laughs) I mean, it's just obvious, right? It's just obvious that that can't be. Yeah, but I mean, I was thinking about the very beginning of our relationship when I was like, why aren't you as interested in sex as I am? Like I wanted, I expected that you and I should just have very similar sex drives. And remember, it kind of, it definitely got us off on the wrong foot, like even early on in our relationship. And it wasn't because you had a different sex drive. Like you were, you know, managing other things that were happening in your life. But like I had that expectation and like very quickly I started to feel invisible and kind of unraveled. So now that we can talk about it, like, obviously, no, right? Like, I can't expect that your interest in sex is the same as mine, vice versa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, again, it's just like all, it's in the head. Like, yeah, of course, I can't expect that. But it's, you know, a lot of these questions open up. And and as you can see, as we get deeper into these questions, they get more complex. You can even hear it as how, how we're, answering it, you know, mm-hmm. is they get more complex, like, okay, no, I can't expect that. That wouldn't be healthy. But how do we work through it? You know, and, and that's what our program sort of tries to help us develop is is the ability to talk about this, because you still do have to stay connected in like, how do we get these somewhat aligned? Well, and I think it's so true, like, being able to talk about your differing levels of sex drive. And and again, they change throughout the relationship. They change throughout an individual's lifespan and the couple's lifespan. Being able to talk about it, like, what's it like for you to have like a higher sex drive like right now? And, and like, you know, for me to not have any, like being curious and having that conversation that at least provides emotional safety to start talking about something that can feel very difficult for a couple. And for individuals, there's a lot of shame around having different levels of sex drive or you're not pleasing your partner. If I don't do this with my partner, my partner's going to look for their needs elsewhere. I mean, there's just so many different areas that if you're not talking about this, it could branch off into some ugly parts. Yeah. And it shows your partner if you're willing to have that discussion and you're curious about what they're going through currently in that different. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. between your two sex drives it shows that you care you know because if you don't it's kind of like you know hey just figure this out on your own yeah it's already difficult it's already a difficult thing in our bodies to understand and to navigate and then to do it with someone else navigating that so yeah just get curious about that i know it, it can seem like a difficult topic but if you're kind of going in with just open ears and curiosity, because you're just wondering like, what's this like for my partner? What's this like for me? We're just going to share this. It can be really beautiful. So again, that expectation, my partner's interest in sex must be the same as mine. I used to have it. I definitely don't have that anymore. And I enjoy our conversations when we do have them around what it's like, especially the time we're going through right now. All right. Okay. So we are moving through these just beautifully. <laughs> so the next expectation, we will do things just like my family did. <laughs> no, that definitely not. I'm talking our relationship. Right. Totally. No, I mean, no, my expectation is that we'll do things differently mm -hmm. from both of our families, that we are sort of forming our own set of agreements and that we are aware of our patterns that we might both have that emerged out of our family of origins. Honestly, from my standpoint, it's like the complete flip. My expectation isn't that we do it like my family did it. It's my expectation is that we figure out our own way of doing it. Yes. And I will say I feel the same way, right? Like I know my family was super dysfunctional. So my idea is that we will do it totally differently. However, even that can cause a little bumpy ride because where did you come from? Where did I come from? What do we both want for our family? And how do we make it work together? Because, you know, if I'm like, oh gosh, EJ, I want to build the most loving, connected family where we're always together and talking and loving on each other, like that's kind of unrealistic, but that's what I would want. But if I don't tell you these things and I, I just expect you to be this person that's doing that with me, it can feel 
I would feel disappointed all of the time. There's so many times where we're working with couples and like maybe one came from a family where they just shout and yell and that's how they get it out. And the other partner grew up in a family like where nothing was talked about, but the person that grew up in the family where shouting and yelling was okay, like that feels okay for them. So they're like, I don't understand the problem here. This is how my family, how we did disagreements and we're totally fine. We always loved each other. But if you don't have the conversation about it, your partner might be really struggling with the tone, with the loudness, because maybe they were from a family that avoided conflict. But if you don't talk about it, it's going to feel like very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is where, this is one of the strengths of our program is that we take couples through together a sort of breakdown of where you came from and what were the rules of your family and how did people express love and how did people cope with stress? Because the other thing is like, even though like my automatic answer was like, no, I want to create a new way set of agreements in our family that we come to together. I don't always have awareness of the fact that I am in patterns that, that were developed from my from my childhood, my early adulthood. And so I have to have like an awareness of that. Otherwise, I just feel like instead of Tara being like, hey, I don't want to replicate maybe some of the dynamics from you know your early childhood, I just feel like she's saying like, you're screwed up, something's wrong with you. You like, I feel like it's a, it's like a personal thing about my, like who I am. Right. And what I've embarked on in in my own like sort of journey is like getting more and more intentional about understanding the choices I make versus the patterns I'm just stuck in, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that's an important differentiation. And it really helps if you and your partner sort of embark on that journey together of understanding like how much of myself is really either reaction against my past or a being sculpted by my past. I mean, again, another great discussion to have with your partner, right? The expectation we will do things just like my family did, or we will do things exactly opposite of what my family did. They're both important. Well, and I definitely think there are some couples or members of couples who do have that expectation, who are like, who are like, yeah, you just need to do like my family. Even traditions and holidays. I mean. Yeah, it's it's a deep question for sure. It's a, it's a good one though, for you to talk to your partner about. Okay. And so for, this is going to be the final expectation for the part two series, just because, you know, we just want to give you little chunks of it. Bite size, edible, digestible. It could feel overwhelming if we did all 14 in one show. (laughs) Okay. So the last expectation we're going to talk about today is arguing and disagreements are a sign that there is a problem in our relationship. That's a nuanced one, right? Because one way you could interpret that is like, it's not okay to argue and have disagreements. And that is definitely not my expectation, right? The other is that like arguing and disagreements are actually opportunities for us to grow and do it better. Yes. One of the first things like I always... When couples come in initially, they're like, we just argue all the time. Like, what if we're not supposed to be together? And I'm like, oh, that means you guys really care about each other. (laughs) Because if you weren't arguing and you weren't disagreeing, you would probably just like look numb and disconnected. So I really take this as an opportunity. Like when we argue, when we disagree, because we care so much, because it can get so triggering, that means that I really care. That must mean that our relationship is really important. 
right? And I always see it as a sign of growth and opportunity. But again, if you're not talking about it, conflict can look scary and that means we're broken and that means we shouldn't be together. And that means, oh, maybe there's someone better out there, but that's just not true. And and also this can be where where an individual's, you know, attachment style or possible trauma from earlier in their life can really play into this because for some conflict might feel really dangerous. It might not feel safe. And so the idea of having conflict or going through a really difficult time, they're just like, it's not just that the relationship is maybe like broken or something's wrong. It's like, I cannot tolerate this. This isn't safe. I can't do this, you know? And that's where we have to be really sensitive to our partner and really sort of like help create that safety. I was just going to say that is the number one thing we do right in our couples work is we develop emotional safety so that disagreements and arguments are okay. We still love each other. We'll still touch toes at night. That's a Dr. Stan Tatkin thing. Even if we're arguing, but we're, our relationship is okay. There's not a constant threat of someone leaving. Yeah. And I think that's something that we're working on and getting getting better at together is like, in those uncomfortable moments where it does feel sort of intolerable because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hitting a real pain point for one or both of us at the same time, right. is we're getting better at being in it. Like I can stay present during that. So it's, it's accepting, yeah, conflict does happen. That's okay, you know, beyond theoretically, but then also it's safe to stay in the conflict. And I think that's been like a major fracture point for you and I is that when there is a very uncomfortable moment, one or both of us is just gone. And the more that one of us can stay present, even though it's difficult, the higher the likelihood is it's not going to be a completely fracturing event that takes hours or days to recover from. And I'm just, I'm going to just share this. It feels really good when you can have emotional safety and have those disagreements and arguments and come back to each other and actually feel like even more connected. I know that sounds crazy, but so have this discussion with your partner. Again, it was arguing and disagreements are a sign that there is a problem in our relationship. Talk about what that means. Yeah. So we took a, we took a little bit deeper dive than so last episode, the things were a little more gentler and a little more softer around these expectations. And today is it, it dug a little bit more deeper into the nuance, you know, especially around conflict, around sex and romance. And so, you know, we're sort of on this journey with you over these three podcasts of mm-hmm. talking about expectations within relationship. Again, just want to really plug our, our relationship renovation at home program, which is a series of exercises like this that help you and your partner engage in really like compelling, important, intimate, vulnerable conversations. And there's there's videos, there's lessons that you download, there's prompts that you get, emails that remind you, hey, you guys are doing great, like keep moving. Mm-hmm. Really encourage you. There's a free sample on our website, relationshiprenovation.com. And if you just go to our online programs tab, you can download like a, like a couple of the lessons and check them out and see whether you enjoy them. 
Yeah. So Tara, here we are, two thirds of the way two through thirds. expectations. Stay tuned for Absolutely. part three. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Your relationship deserves awesome expectations that are realistic. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.